Welcome to this episode of the Atlantic Career Journey Podcast. Today's guest is Laura Honeycutt, who's a user experience lead at EY. Laura and I worked together at Mannheim, where she headed up the UX group, and I was a product manager there. And we also spent some time at Delta Airlines, but although our careers didn't overlap, we have a few common connections from our time there. I always enjoyed working with Laura and found her to be smart, creative, and extremely customer focused. It's been a while since we spoke, and I'm eager to learn more about her career journey in the UX world. So welcome to the podcast, Laura. Hi, thank you. Yeah, it's always great catching up with um, people I used to work with and kind of hear what they've been up to. And we'll go a little deeper dive than I think we typically have. So I'm, I'm really curious okay. to hear your experience getting into the user experience world. That sounds redundant, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really good for the audience to kind of hear you know, how you got started and what that looks like. But let's maybe start with your background. Tell me a little bit about where you grew okay. up. All right. Um, let's see. Well, actually, I am from, uh, I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, in the suburbs. Okay, go Chiefs, um, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, and then um, actually came out to Atlanta uh, when I graduated high school and went to University of Georgia there. So, okay, so you went to high school in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yep. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about what you what you um, what you studied in high school. What your favorite subjects were. What tell me what you're good at. Some of your activities. Oh goodness! All right. Well, first of all, I've always loved school. I, I can be an a nerd in that way. Let's see. Um, but it was all really about the arts. So um, I enjoyed, you know, English and and history. And probably, uh, you know, from a subject standpoint. But yes, I was someone uh, who is always in the arts. So I've been a singer, gosh, most of my life. So I was able to be in choirs and um, groups. Also, art. My I was fortunate to be in a school district that offered um, pretty sophisticated art programs. And, you know, I, I was exposed to almost every medium, you know, you can imagine like sculpting and drawing and stuff as a, as a class. And I mean, uh, that was just awesome. So those were, those were my faves. Now, did you, were you thinking like coming out of high school, you were going to study something in the arts or maybe you did. We'll get yes, absolutely. But so. Yep. Did you um, did you have like a teacher that inspired you, or did your was your family yeah. artistic? How'd you get some of that support and some of that initial um, influence? Uh, interesting. I did have. Um, I was really encouraged by a creative writing teacher, um, or he really was an English class, but he had a gifting in creative writing, and I I found him very encouraging in terms of you know learning how to. Uh, tell stories and just um, e- express myself through through writing. That was, I don't know, really really needed. I mean, I think when you're an artistic person, you can also be really insecure. And well, heck, you know, high school is always difficult anyway. <laughs> Middle school, uh, so, yeah, yeah, have, have that um, uh, that type of uh, instruction was really important. And then just in the music world, I had great directors that were very encouraging to me. I used to compete. Um, and, uh, you know, so having them champion those expressive parts of myself were really important. Cause I will say my, my family, uh, was supportive at the same time though. Uh, the arts are to be a sideline, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, focus on the important stuff, prepare yourself, uh, to be, you know, secure and, uh, you know, um, focus on the mathematics and the basics and business and all that stuff. Um, yeah. 
Did you, I mean, did you know you always had a really good voice or did you train to sort of at some point realize, okay, I'm pretty good at this? Uh, I did train. Actually, I started, um, I started taking voice lessons like when I was in 14, at 14 and, okay. uh, and trained really through, yeah, through high school, even in college, uh, sang a lot and uh, even ended up singing in the, with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Chorus for many years. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it was uh, great to have those experiences and be allowed to pursue those experiences. Provided though, I, I worked hard at um, the foundational things, uh, you know, kind of the, the core uh, school, uh, school work, you know, math, whatever, uh-huh. uh, English, Keep, sciences, the, all that stuff. Keeping the parents happy, I'm sure. Yeah, yep, that was a requirement. Yeah. That was a requirement. And I, I appreciate, looking back, I see the wisdom uh, of what, um, you know, of their advice, and of, certainly of their concerns, you know, for my future. Uh, because, like, I did expect to go into university to study music and art and, like, commercial art. Mm-hmm. And I had vocal scholarships and such. Um, but, you know, I was strongly encouraged to get a business degree. And I will say that after my first year of, you know, I've, uh, maybe maybe a little bit of, of resentment, starting to see, oh, my goodness, you know, there's, number one, I'm actually good at that, too. And it's actually interesting. And, you know, you start seeing even the value of really how I, I came to see business is foundational to almost anything mm-hmm. uh, we do. Uh, and it, that background actually has served me well. Yeah. Uh, even in the arts. Well, mm-hmm. I think you sort of have the balance between that creative and, yes. and the, the training and analytical and sort of the logical piece as well. So that's a really nice combination to be able to balance yep. that out. So yeah, you're, absolutely. So you're in high school in Kansas City. How did you <laughs> how did you wind up looking at Georgia for colleges? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my. This is so, so revealing. What? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, here I was planning on going to school in the Midwest and staying out there. But my my parents are from the South. My family is actually from the South. Okay. It's very important um, that I I learned uh, that I would go to school in the South. Um, so you spent your whole life in Kansas City. So, like, your, your parents were, you know, kind of, I mean, rooted there for almost 20 years, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, they, they actually got married, or they met and got married here from in Atlanta. Okay. So a job took them there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. they had kind of longed to return home, what what was their home. Okay. So uh-huh. so you were thinking the South. Were you thinking Atlanta or the state of Georgia? And that kind of uh, well, here, I or? really, it was all about, um, since I was given the requirement to pick a school in the Southeast, because I guess, <laughs> you know, Southeast is the best school area. Uh, so I was looking. It really was about which universities at the time had um, and had to get a business degree, right? Mm-hmm. So, which schools had a business program, uh, and then personally a music program, and then an art program. And candidly, there were only like three big schools at the time mm-hmm. that had that uh, you know that offering. Fit, fit all and those, I'm, yeah. yeah, and I'm embarrassed to say that University of Georgia had the the prettiest campus. No, nothing to be embarrassed about. Athens is a cool town, and I, <laughs> I, know, I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. my, my sister went there, and the times mm-hmm. I visited, just it was, it was, it, you know, for me that went to Tech was in the city. You know, going mm-hmm. to a college town was really kind of a neat yep. experience. And it was great. Everyone, 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's great. So did, yeah, I loved it. did you, um, were you a little apprehensive about leaving, go to oh, a different state and going, you know, I don't know how far it is from Kansas city to, uh, to Athens, but it's certainly yep. a long drive, if not a flight. Yes. Yeah. It was, I mean, well, so we moved, it was like two weeks after high school graduation, uh, here to Atlanta. And then okay. I, I, then I went, um, straight to school. Okay. So, so your, your parents mm-hmm. wound up being close then. So that was good. Yes. Yeah. They, they moved in, uh, moved to Atlanta and then I just, you know, moved on to Athens. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was something, it, it turned out to be one of the best uh, things that ever happened to me really to be almost be forced to go where I knew no one. Like mm-hmm. I did not know a soul. Yeah. When I, when I went to school and where so many of my friends were you know, going off to places where they knew people. And, um, and I think I've mentioned, you know, just being, you know, in a little more on the, on the insecure side, on the quiet, on the mm-hmm. quiet side. And I do remember kind of sitting in a dorm room. It was, you know, like first quarter going, well, I could just kind of continue to sit here in this, you know, dorm room, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, or get myself out there. And I don't want to say I recreated myself, but it, it really was, a. I knew I had to take active steps to put myself out there. And that's where then I, you know, I got back into the music programs. Um, I did all of my coursework in the morning so that then in the afternoon, I sang all afternoon, um, you know, got involved in, uh, you know, uh, volunteering with the, the swim team and, you know, different, you know, campus ministries and just flung myself out there. Mm-hmm. And it, it was totally worth it. Best four years. Well, I don't want to say best four years of my life, but certainly I ended up having an amazing college experience. You know, it's almost better in some ways to not know anybody because it does force mm-hmm. you to get outside your comfort zone and to try right. new things. Because I think I saw some people, um, you know, that that went to different schools and they kind of hung out with their high school friends that yeah. didn't really branch out or they were close enough to come home and came home every weekend. And then they really missed right. out on a college experience. And I think what I've noticed, mm-hmm. you know, certainly from my experience, but also more recently from my kids is that, you know, when you get to a school in your freshman year, everyone's kind of brand new. Mm-hmm. And there's that opportunity, like you said, to reset. So if you were kind of quiet in high school or a little awkward, but you've kind of come mm-hmm. into your own as a freshman, you can sort of blossom into that. And people are going to go, Hey, weren't you the quiet one that read a book all day? You know, I mean, yeah. like, no, yep. no, I can actually sing and I actually uh, do improv classes or whatever, you know, you can sort of form a new identity or expand into that. So I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That really was my experience. Yeah. Very cool. So you were taking, um, you were taking business classes. Yep. Okay. And I being a, a bachelor's in business. Okay. And mm-hmm. then at, at some point did you think, okay, I might still kind of parlay my, my artistic side. I'm going to move to New York <laughs> and I'll be on Broadway or oh, were, were you were at, at some point, did you realize, okay, I'm liking business and now I want to sort of follow in that corporate path. What was your right? Thinking? Yeah. So um, at least in business, I did an emphasis in marketing, uh, marketing and then sales, sales and then advertising. So I would do a lot of my electives in advertising. So I, I was trying to figure out like how to get to the creative part uh, of that, of that space. And, and that worked for me. Actually, it, it is just like we talked about, there's that nice blend of analytics 
um, and metrics and, and things that are part of that space, but also the creativity and in storytelling and then, the, you know, the um, both visually as well as, you know, through words and messaging. And, and so it really, it was a nice, nice blend. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, um, again, I think it's really powerful. I think that everyone mm -hmm. should try to experience both sides of that. Cause I think it makes you not only more well-rounded, but when you're working with customers, there's not mm -hmm. just one particular type and you have to really understand all aspects of it too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. So did you, did you do any kind of internships or what were some of your, um, your activities, like, I guess, more, uh, more focused on what you'd be doing postgraduate? Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I'll be candid and say that even though I was getting that degree, I wasn't really sure I knew what I wanted to do um, in the summers or uh, in, um, I guess, breaks and stuff. What I did though was um, I worked for temp agencies and just would work at a different company on the break. So, you know, I'd be working at like Bell South or, you know, AT&T, a lot of different telecoms or, um, but it, it, it was a great opportunity to just start, okay, what is this business world like? What is it like being in a company? But I was working in like procurement department or I'd work in accounts payable or, you know, do, you know, do something. I may just start in as an admin, some type of admin, mm -hmm. um, but really got great exposure to these different parts of the business. And um, I don't know, I found that I, I liked learning all there's something worthwhile learning um, about in each of these areas um, and just kind of learning how to prove myself and show that I could even grow even in small um, experiences. Like I may have started out answering phones, but you know, by the end of my you know, stint, I was given you know, more responsibility and um, uh, working, you know, like a, a different position and that really you know, boosted confidence. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Did you, um, were there any surprises that you, you realized after working in these, these um, temp agencies or these intern type jobs that maybe you didn't realize when you were in class? Uh, hmm. Gosh, that's a great question. Cause yeah. I know, I know for me, you know, you, you tend to learn all about the theory, you know, whether it's business law <laughs> or, economics or even yeah. you know accounting or whatever and everything's kind of perfect and, and normal and it's yeah. got a buttoned up answer on your test and then you get into working in real life like i i didn't work any corporate jobs but i was uh in retail and i worked in a drugstore and a, and a mm -hmm. um, grocery store and i did a crazy stint working with um like people on parole parking cars off of a rail that line or something great. it was like i'm chasing awesome. the, the hourly wage but uh -huh. you know there's there's the gray area and I think when you yep. get into the work world, there's not just one simple answer that you everybody can come to. It's like, no, there's three or four paths here, and we have oh, to kind absolutely. of line it with the right, you know, um, either different people to get on your your project or get on board mm -hmm. with your idea. And then how do you want to, you know, present it, and how do you want to fund it, and all those different things that you know yeah. it makes it makes it easier. Were there some of those lessons that you picked up early on? Uh, yes. I mean, there were things that it was really more of learning, you know, what do I like doing or candidly some things that I just, you know, didn't like doing or didn't inspire me or, you know, boring, mm -hmm. uh, that is just, just as helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's helpful 
to start learning what you don't like. Yep. Uh, but, but the thing is learning that sometimes you just don't know until you do it and yeah. give it a try. And sometimes you don't know what they're going to be good at something too, unless you try. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was important. And then, you know, the things that you don't learn in school, right? It, it is um, the relationships, you know, how, how important, um, you know, managing relationships are, you know, right from the very beginning. Um, and, and yes, the, the, the principles, what you learn in school, there are always twists yeah. <laughs> in the real world. Now it's never a direct application. <laughs> uh, you know. I didn't take any classes in corporate politics, but you know, maybe they need <laughs> to have one, right? <laughs> they really do. They really do. That's funny. So um, you, um, so that's great. So you wind up, um, you graduating, you've got a, a kind of a advertising marketing business degree. I don't know if you minored in some of those things, but what were you thinking coming out of school? Did you have any, any leads on a certain job or industry? Or? Oh, no. Um, no, I was lucky to graduate at a very low time uh, in the job market and the economy. <laughs> so yeah. Fun, uh, fun, fun. But, you know, the great thing, I went to Europe. So I traveled um, a bit and, you know, got some exposure there. And then it was coming back to uh, a pretty hard time of trying to, you know, who was hiring back then. So I, I was, I went right back into temping at least to, to keep working and um, keep getting experience. And then, uh, so it was, it was, gosh, I don't know, maybe six, nine months after graduation that then um, I'd been interviewing with Delta Airlines actually. Um, and they would give me a call back then. Uh, so this is like what, 1990. Um, dates me, goodness. Uh, back then, there were only a few places you could enter into that company. Yep. Uh, you had to come in, you know that, from a, a frontline, in a frontline role. Yep. And I remember just being called about a flight attendant and a role, at, which is awesome. That's an amazing, amazing experience. Um, but it, it wasn't aligning with my mission to, you know, try to get into a marketing organization. Mm-hmm. So it took nine months later, they call say, I guess, you know, we, I'm sure you did this. We did all the personality testing, right? Yeah. It was like three hours of all those tests. And yeah, well, somehow I came back saying, Hey, I have an aptitude for programming. Oh, wow. <laughs> would you, would you want to join up with, um, and do mainframe programming? We'll train you. Yep. Well, training. So I was like, gosh, why not? And then a chance potentially, you know, thinking I could make my way over into the marketing department. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did 12 weeks of training. You know, you had to, you were trained, you had to test every week. And if you, uh, you know, got a certain grade, you you get to proceed to the next week. Right. Uh, And so I became a mainframe programmer. Zeros and ones. Woo-hoo. That's awesome. Well, I remember. I remember that program well. I started there in '87, mm-hmm. and they they still had the personality test that you went through. And you're right; there were only a couple avenues. You're like, you know, either like on the ramp or a mechanic or like right. a flight attendant or something in in flight. 
Um, and I was lucky to land in this methods and training group that was kind of like a pipeline coming out of Georgia Tech. But it was you talked about relationships and I had a next door neighbor who had worked with the you know, the hiring manager for this group. And, you know, that was kind of how I got my in to at least get the interview. You still have to go through all the hurdles and pass it, but right. like thousands of resumes that Delta gets every year. It's, oh my goodness. Know, it's, yes. It's, it's nice to have that, but I do want to touch on, you said you traveled in Europe for a little bit. So yeah, I mean, you, it was only a month, but still it was great. It was, it was yeah, great. Well, I was going to ask you, so what, what did you um, like, where, where, where did you go? And then what were some of the, I guess, lessons or perspectives that you got when you came back to the U.S.? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I had the privilege and I went with my my grandmother, actually, and it was on a tour. And it was, you know, Amsterdam and then all all the way around. So, gosh, you know, every, everywhere, like Germany, Switzerland, Italy, France, um, uh, pretty much all the, you know, Western European mm -hmm. uh, countries before then ending back up in uh, the, you know, the London, London, the UK area. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was a beautiful experience of, um, and that, that had been my first time actually out of the country. And um, were you that, nervous about it? Cause I know like some people, uh, cause <laughs> I, I hadn't gone out of the country until after, uh, well, I started working at Delta and mm -hmm. I, I had no interest in like, if they eat strange food, they have a different language, mm -hmm. there's all the culture differences and political. And, you know, I just didn't really, I didn't have any exposure to that. So was there some apprehension or did you come back? Oh, that was a fantastic month. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Oh, I came back. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic month. I mean, there were things. So the beautiful thing, my grandmother was, she was well-traveled uh, and had been uh, really all over the world already. And so, um, and she was someone who was also an historian and, um, and actually like, I, I love that too, understanding, um, you know, the history as well as the culture. And uh, so it's just such an amazing learning experience. We had amazing tour, tour guides and um, just kind of, I don't know, soak in the experience. And then, you know, I would do things like in Italy um, I remember ordering, uh, cause we'd be almost like a different city or a major city, you know, every day and doing a, a study on spaghetti Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, it's different, right? The whole country, it kind of has a different, uh, take on that mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to appreciate a culture through food, much less, um, you know, their, their arts, um, and, you know, uh, architecture, you know, the different parts of, you know, what make, make up those places. And yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I love traveling. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's great to have that perspective and kind of understand there's, there's more than just what the U S offers. We were talking, you know, off the recording, just about working with global teams mm -hmm. and, you know, the different cultures and um, mindset. And it really just kind of gives you when you're there and you're immersed into it, gives you some appreciation especially yeah. for people that are maybe first generation here. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you think, oh, it's English, come on, how hard can that be? But then when you go to another country and you can't speak their language, you're like, I just need to go to the restroom and I can't even ask somebody right. that. Or I get into a taxi cab in Beijing and I've got a, a card written down that says, here's my hotel. And if this guy doesn't understand it, I'm lost. Like, I, there's no way I can get back to, <laughs> no. you know? <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I think it's, it is, I think everybody should have that, 
that experience mm-hmm. to go Absolutely. and yeah and, and see other cultures and experience it because i think right. it does change you especially the you know being you know 30 days or or a semester abroad or whatever it's, oh it's yes like, i do wish i'd had like the longer semester absolutely mm-hmm. I'd say that. and it is you know i just do you remember like it is those things you see spoofs of in movies that um you know where you're in a, a country that you know uh certain well, almost speak a different language and you know Yes, as Americans, we can be, uh, we, we'll just speak louder. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> ah, hey, that's really just not going to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's new tools now with, you know, Google Translate and other things that make it a little bit easier. But, uh, you know, we definitely mm-hmm. didn't have that back in the day. So No, no. Mm-mm. So you're at Delta. You get through this 12-week. You, you clear every hurdle. You're now a mainframe programmer um, working on their um uh, yep. delta matic or whatever the terminals were Support. Mm-hmm. yep yep so how'd you like it what was the aptitude test uh accurate yeah. <laughs> um i i actually did like a lot of it because you know it was almost like a puzzle in mm-hmm. some regards uh, you know that the logic the if thens um you know that i i did enjoy it but candidly it was really more of a oh my gosh I didn't blow up anything, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, cause we would load at three in the morning and you know, to me success was being able to be at Waffle House by five, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was, it was neat to have a challenge of, I can learn to do this. I can uh, learn to be good at this at the same time, still wanting more, uh, wanting more. And I was able to, um, grow into actually, I ended up becoming a business analyst uh, pretty quickly. I guess within a year or two years, uh, which really I is it is my part of my bridge story into user experience. It, a business analyst is is starting to be it's a it that's a bridge relationship of you know someone that starts now translating. Okay, trying to understand what. Um, what a customer may want and need, you know, help translate it, communicate it in a way that then a developer can understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that I actually loved doing that. And that was also a time when business analysts also had to do a lot of the financial modeling, proving out the storytelling. I had to write business cases to uh, get um, funding approval for the development of systems. So, um, you know, I was able to have just really use those bigger business skills, you know, use the, the sales skills, the communication skills, and then start forming kind of the relationship um, uh, building skills. So that, yeah. that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's definitely, um... I think a critical role, you know, for anybody to understand sort of that, how do you bridge that technical development with what the business wants? And the yep. business analyst role is definitely, um, certainly at the day was, was critical, but um, I think even today, mm-hmm. I know that's it's not as common, especially in the agile world, but I think yeah. it's a critical part, but it probably gave you the opportunity to kind of learn a lot about, um, again, the customers and how to speak both languages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just love, I, I did love being a business analyst, at least how business, 
analysis or analyst was translated back then. I mean, we've touched on it. it it's it's definitely a seems to be a different role now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thankful I had those years of experience. Yeah, really well, valuable. Now, how long were you in the bu- the business analyst role? I did that for about three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. What uh, what was your step beyond that one? Well, I ended up, this is right place, right time and relationships, you know, uh-huh. coming to come into play. Uh, I was able to be connected um, with someone and take on a special assignment and out of the blue. I mean, this is a strange special assignment. I ended up going into leadership development for a year um, and doing in, learning instructional design uh, yeah. I worked on things like developing performance appraisal programs and um, uh, other, you know, coaching counseling curriculums. And so, again, it was a four-way foray into design, but totally away from IT. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was an amazing growth experience. I had a great mentor there. And it was through that relationship that connected me back in uh, to the business to finally leap out of IT uh, into, um, gosh, gosh, a whole, whole new experience, which was ended up being uh, Delta Express, their mm-hmm. um, airline within an airline. Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember, I remember when they kicked that off, but you, when you mentioned mm-hmm. special assignment, I know Delta had a, there was a lot of that opportunity. Oh, they really, really did. Nice. They were great. Yeah. Great at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the advantages of a bigger company is it gives you some growth avenues if you're yep. not necessarily sure you want to experience different things, especially as a younger person. Absolutely. Um, so. mm-hmm. Very cool. So you started working on uh, Delta Express. Yeah, and so that? here, yeah, here I am. I'm, I'm, you know, mid twenties, and I am now on a core team of a startup, like of this high pressure radical <laughs> for them um secret project to start this um low cost carrier within within a carrier and so i was set up to be the project manager mm-hmm. and be responsible for, for communications and then and uh, to ensure so the training uh was the 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 bridge as well as the relationship um so i was responsible for ensuring that like training of all the employees um, uh, for this, for this startup and, oh my gosh, I, I mean, you're working around the clock, um, the pressure intense, but most amazing experience, um, to be a part of developing a business entity. So, you know, I, so I was getting, to, uh, learning about you know, really how an airline works, um, the operations of it, you know, getting into catering. I had to learn learn about, you know, um, even cargo and cleaning and um, uh, just everything about uh, the business, much less, you know, having to learn how to, you know, talk about it from a communication standpoint and interacting with all the different training arms. So, you know, as, you know I look back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> what an absolute incredible experience that was and you know we're still connected that those of us who were a part of that experience um it was so transformative yeah i had uh, uh, paulette corbin on an earlier episode oh yeah a little bit about that yeah so mm-hmm. she she talked about that that time very fondly and i think it was really a cool 
aspect of for Delta kind of be this big traditional airline focused right. on customer was, experience to get into the startup okay. game and to do something radically different that mm-hmm. was, you know, um, just because I know that the market had shifted a little bit and they were trying to absolutely kind of one up some of the startups. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really kind of a neat time. Yeah, this. it was a chance to, um, you know, while we were creating something new to transform the larger business. It, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long were you involved in that? Uh, that was also probably what, three, three, four years. Mm-hmm. I gr- so I grew with that operation. Um, and then that was when I, I guess you'll, you may see a trend. I get a little, got a little itchy. <laughs> so, I don't know. Itch, right? These are things uh-huh. on a recording. I'm like, what? <laughs> Uh, and so I actually started going, I went, started going back to school. I actually started taking design classes, at the art Institute of Atlanta. And I was starting to think about, gosh, you know, what I may want to do next and just being open. And that's actually when, um, Delta <laughs> offered was like, Hey, we think this web thing is going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we think we want to invest in it. Yeah. They, had Skylink, they had Skylinks back then, right? It was if you remember yeah. that. Yep. Uh, so we think, right? We think we need to um, make a play. And so, you know, Laura, would you, so, you know, I had a communications background, I had, you know, technology. Uh, I now had, you know, more uh, formal design training. So would I now take on content, content development? They wanted to implement a content management system. Um, start building the practice internally because everything had been out, you know, was, they were using an agency at the time because it was, you know, all done by marketing agencies back then. Mm-hmm. And that began my user experience career, believe it or not. Uh, so that Skylinks became Delta-Share.com, which became mm-hmm. Delta.com, and yep. which grew to um, being responsible for... Um, you know, the user experience of all the digital channels, kiosks and mobile and airport digital signage and all that stuff. Um, gosh, what a tremendous, tremendous gift. Yeah, it was, it was, was the, the wild west a little bit at that time and um, yeah. just trying to get, get some structure. And I remember when, yeah, they couldn't even buy the Delta.com domain name because it was, <laughs> I don't know, it was a plumbing company or somebody owned it that yep. was not willing I, to sell it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, kind of to fight to be worthy of uh, that role and that growth um, in that space was was great. Yeah. So when you got to content mm-hmm. development and, and managing mm-hmm. some of that, was it, did a light bulb go off you and go, ah, this is what I've been looking for for a while? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah? Right. When I, when I started working on uh, really entering into the e-commerce space realm, it was, yeah, this is me. Um, and it's, and it's more of more than just content. You know, it was overall kind of digital experience that, uh, yeah, I was made for this. I was made, it, it is the perfect blend of kind of the analytics and creative side, um, of, of who I am. And I mean, I've absolutely loved the field. I mean, it's been 20 years now. So yeah. Yeah, what was it that stood out to you in those early days that um, that really resonated for you? Was it working with the customers, or was it a new way mm-hmm. to to sell, you know, seats on an airplane, or to do some research or book a trip? Or, um, gosh, was a new way. 
Well, okay. Foundationally, I am a builder. Uh, so there is something about um, bringing something to life that is going to create value, um, you know, for the people using it and for your, for the business. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I just, I like that opportunity of, um, you know, catching a vision of, of what we, um, of solving a problem. You know, there's some need uh, out there and, you know, believe it or not, it, it was starting out as, you know, how do you handle booking flights? And, um, I think they, they only had a, like an, a sky miles enrollment form at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, bringing something that sophisticated, uh, you know, to life and then continue to kind of grow on that. And, um, you know, those are, were complex problems to solve, um, you know, digitally and do it in a way, uh, that was, e you know, easy for customers and, with even the goal of, you know, delights, uh, while being, and I, I have also a very, a big passion for brand and Delta has an amazing brand and, um, they, I, they really trained me in the appreciation for brand. Um, so, you know, so being able to deliver an experience that helps contribute to how someone feels, uh, about, um, you know, a company, I don't know. I loved it. I still love that part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I certainly have fond memories of, of Delta and, and that business mm -hmm. and how it's changed. And of course it's, mm -hmm. it's changed a lot in the last 12 months, but so as you got um, further on in your customer experience, um, mm -hmm. gaining some experience, really learning a lot, helping the company grow into that. Were you mm -hmm. thinking, cause I know a lot of folks at Delta and I know I was one of them, yeah. like I'm going to retire from here when I'm 65, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm not going anywhere. Right. I love the industry, yeah. love the company, love the people, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of checks all the boxes I'm looking for, but mm -hmm. what was it that you were, were you thinking mm -hmm. about certain things or we were joking about the three year uh, time? Were there, were there things that you were wanting to maybe look at or do some, something else? Cause I know, you know, with the web space, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot changed and revolutionized. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I, I was one of those, I really did expect I'd retire uh, from Delta. And, you know, when I get itchy, it's really just more about looking for a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I candidly, I'm not, not someone who tends to be um, title oriented or such. Um, but I do like growth. Growth is important. Being challenged, learning is very important. Uh, and, and we've already talked, Delta was a place that, you know, there was part of me was thinking, um, heck, I'd go learn, learn and paint planes. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to, to grow. But, uh, unfortunately, I, I was someone who um, ended up, well, it was the Northwest merger that caused my um, uh, departure from Delta uh, at the time. And um that's another situation that it, it was difficult, emotionally difficult, even though I totally understood what was going on and appreciate what was going on. Um, and Delta took very good care of me. Um, but, I, you know, I look back and it was like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I would not have left. And, and, and then having to now start over, mm -hmm. start over, it's another transform transformational experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, to totally worth it. Uh, well, I don't say totally worth it, but 
I value, I value that experience. Um, and Kinley now it's like a rite of passage uh, these days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it, you know, going through tough times like that, you prove to yourself that you can, you know, persevere and there's mm-hmm. things on the other side that you would never have been exposed to had you stayed at Correct. Delta or you know yep. wherever else. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 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 It was the, it was the right, it was good for me looking back. Uh, it, it was a good thing for me. So leaving Delta, were you thinking another big company? I want to stay in the uh, travel space. Were you thinking smaller company or different industry or what? what I uh, definitely was thinking different industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, I, I do have a life philosophy of just you move forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. just go for it. You can't, you don't go back. You just go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up, um, going to a totally different, uh, industry in, I went to the weather channel, which is, you know, ad based revenue model, mm-hmm. because it, it's probably about as different as you could get from an e-commerce model. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did that intentionally, uh, you know, to want to have, have that break. And also just because, you know, well, there were a lot of other Delta people leaving and going to other companies. And yeah, I, I just wanted to have that fresh start. And uh, it's another thing I'm really glad I challenged myself with. Because uh, that, you know, an ad-based uh, revenue model, I mean, that that's a hard space. <laughs> that's yeah. a hard, it's way more challenging than you think it is. Um, yeah. uh, from as a UX professional. So I was brought in, uh, worked for an amazing amazing lady there um an amazing uh, team there um but yeah so how do you build and serve your customer um when they're not the ones paying <laughs> paying the bills you have two Except types of customers their eyeballs. right you have you, know? you have the consumer and then you have your your right. revenue model right and those are right. always the right. same yeah you know, you're getting the money from advertisers who want the eyeballs right Mm-hmm. But, you know, you need to make sure you're building an experience that ultimately, you know, brings in those those eyeballs. But, you know, the their needs don't always align. Yeah. Um, and so that that was that was a real challenge learning how to navigate those waters to fight uh, for the ultimate end user and help the advertisers you know, see that it was in their best interest, you know, <laughs> to, uh, um, to do that and, you know, look at even how we delivered product in a very different way. Um, and, and I feel good about the, the, the steps we took uh, during those years to so unify the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, when you build out the team, what, what are you thinking? Cause I know, you know, designers, um, they all have kind of their own craft <laughs> and their own kind of yep. fingerprint on things. When you put yep. a team together and you go, okay, here's, here's our business challenge. We got to put right. a team together to do that. What does that look like from a, a creative experience or a user experience as you're putting mm-hmm. your team together, what you're looking for in terms of skill sets, where you're finding those people from and how you come together to, to address those challenges you just said. Oh, wow. Okay. Those are, those are all big questions. I threw 40 questions at you. I know. I know. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Got it. Um, uh, well, <laughs> the, the, well, let's start with the team. Let's start with the team. How are, what, what did you look for when you put your team together? Okay. 
Well, they're, they're the skills, you know, trying to get the appropriate diversity of skills. So user experience, you know, that's made up of, you know, of like design and, and content, but even with the in design, right, there's visual strength, there's interaction strength. And, um, uh, you know, so you have to figure out given, you know, the projects that you have, how, you, how do you, uh, what's the right staffing mix? You know, how do you kind of balance because uh, many of us would like to think that we're good at all of those things, but many mm -hmm. of us, haven't, you know, yeah, <laughs> there are things that we're a little, little better at. You may be a little bit more gifted, more oriented toward, you know, visual versus informational and uh, what have you. And even in the, in the content world. So uh, it, learning how to kind of build the right mix, um, assess and hire for the right blend of skills, the right diversity um, of skills is really, really important. And then at Canly, I'm looking for uh, their ability to explain why. Um, this may sound super strange, but really as designers, uh, especially in the business world, in the, in the business world, it's important for us to be able to know why we're doing what we're doing, not just because I, it kind of felt like it. And you, and you can get that way as a designer to go, uh, um, you know, hey, I just like it. But really, in our space, there's a lot of there's a lot of science in, in what we do. There are real principles behind uh, what makes up a you know a good design or something that is effective and and being able to articulate those whys too, like your product managers, that your internal clients of you know why they should support um, you know the work that 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 you've done right so so that it can go to market you know, that's an important skill to have yeah yeah that's that's really important and i think really insightful too because there are strong personalities and i think one mm -hmm. of the i think one of the the nice things that we've really taken for granted in the last 20 years is with an online application website presence e-commerce site you've got metrics to really be able to validate right what's what's working and what's not or or find some ways to um mm -hmm. test out a hypothesis you know we're yeah. in the, the early days you know if it was print ads you're like okay who's reading sky magazine i don't know we just send them out and whoever buys them <laughs> you know so you just it's uh -huh. kind of a crapshoot or you just you try to sell the concept to a, an ad space so um mm -hmm. having that data-driven you know design and marketing and, and metrics yeah. around that is is really really important yeah, I love that about the space is, you know, we really could prove out um, uh, <laughs> the value of you know, changing a word or removing a line, believe it or not, removing a line of instructional text, uh -huh. you know, yeah. <laughs> you see its return on, a, on, a, on an application. It's in a very you know, visible way. Yeah, that's satisfying. Yeah. What were some of the projects that you were I guess most proud of at the weather weather channel or weather.com uh, for that one. Um, the thing I'm most proud of is uh, that was the season in which we unified. Um, and, and you know, it's never, it, it's a collective, right? It takes a lot of people you know, to come together and do this. Uh, and collectively we, uh, we're able to rethink weather and think of it as a holistic experience. So like when I started each, it seems like such a foreign concept now, but 
uh, each view of the weather was seen as a unique product. So it'd be like the right now, there was the right now page, or there was the today page, and there was the you know, five day, and each of them had um, different experiences, may have been, you know, showing variations of, of weather data, because they were, they were run by different, you know, product managers, they attracted different advertisers, and to really okay let's let's put we we did a customer segmentation study understanding truly who our users are uh were you know understood who some of the you know primary segments are and then we're able to rethink this experience holistically it is a weather suite mm -hmm. <laughs> one you know one experience that you know flowed seamlessly you know from one view uh to the next to the next and uh you know that was I'm very proud of that, of our, what we did. Yeah. I think, yeah. Cause it's each group probably was used to running independently and, and yes. you have to sort yeah. of, you know, you've got this team now and you got, mm -hmm. I love sports analogies. So you've got five people on a basketball court and now right. you can't all be a shooter, right? It just kind of right, depends when you're playing on offense or defense and what position mm -hmm. and what's most effective. So yeah, it's a, it is a whole different uh, type of experience as you try. Yeah. To lose yeah. So it, it not only you know did we have to change the you know the te technical architecture, but you know all the the redesign work. But just as you were mentioning, we all had to come together as truly as a team, not working as these siloed you know individuals, but now owning a larger experience together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So, did you have a three-year itch there? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, then I was uh, wooed away uh, to, <laughs> to, that's where I met you then. I yep. wooed away to Mannheim. Yep. Yep. I remember. So, yeah. My first foray into B2B. Mm -hmm. uh, what, was it, what was it about Mannheim um, that was compelling to you? Uh, actually, the, the leaders I interviewed with, I and this is probably also a pattern um, that uh, the more I was, you know, talking with them, uh, the more I, you know, caught their vision and realized that, you know, I just wanted to be a part of their vision and wanted to help them achieve it. Mm -hmm. uh, that is definitely a, a pattern for me. It's why I like, like to work places that, you know, help achieve a, a larger vision and, um so yeah they i just wanted to to work with them yeah i think that is another kind of critical thing as as people are looking at jobs or if they're in jobs one if, if you've got a great manager you are certainly more happy mm -hmm. and more satisfied in your job but if you've got an opportunity to come to work for somebody you share that vision um, it really makes it exciting because on the flip mm -hmm. side, if you don't share that vision or you don't see eye to eye with your manager for yeah. a variety of reasons, it makes for long days and long weeks and uh, certainly can drive folks out. So mm -hmm. you so you came in because I know, let's see, I was, I had come from the IT side in Mannheim and then moved into yep. that online space and to be a product manager. Um, mm -hmm. So that was definitely a learning experience for me um, to kind of ramp up on that. And it was really kind of cool to see how the various 
market channels uh, were addressed in the online space, whether it was simulcast or mm-hmm. or manhunt.com and how it tied into the physical auctions. Yep. Uh, what were some of the challenges that you ran into that, um, that really kind of challenged you as a user experience professional? Oh goodness. Um, so this, this place, um, fascinating, a, a really interesting business. Um, great, great market, great industry. Um, that what was challenging is there had been such history, um, uh, the, the, the kind of technical, um, they had multiple products or really almost full experiences, full sub businesses mm-hmm. almost built up around these unique technical, te- <laughs> technical platforms mm-hmm. um, that, and I still believe um, should have been one uh, based on how they, you know, meet consumer needs and I think that that was the challenge is there, there were such hurdles of, um, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, pride of, pride of ownership of these different, you know, sub brands or products and te- technical systems, you know, trying to deal with all the legacy debt and the difficulties of, um, you know, integrating systems and dealing with all the data. And so, yeah, it was just, um, those those were the, the really big big challenges, and those are those are important lessons to understand too. That it's not just about agreeing on a, a logo or a style guide oh, or yeah, a color yeah. scheme or how <laughs> these clicks get you right because that's that's certainly part of it and the primary part. But if you can't, like we were talking earlier, if you can't get funding or if you can't get mm-hmm. um, executive buy in or a stakeholder or a champion that really sort of mm-hmm. corral all those competing areas really makes your job tough. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you probably saw a lot of transition. Um, I left there in 2012. Uh huh. Yep. I, so you were there a few years after, after I was. Yeah. I, I think I made, uh, went through what 2016. Yeah. Five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. coming out of Mannheim, um, what were mm-hmm. you thinking is your, your next step? <laughs> Tell me how you got to E and Y or E and oh, Y. Yeah. Yeah, e, Ernst and Young, EY. Yeah. So, or, so th- this will, you know, maybe this will be a, a story that will be helpful for some. So, uh, I um, was expecting to uh, transition from Mannheim into another uh, industry. Again, just to get a new experience, you know, it was, um, was talking, it, it was planned. Like, I, I knew it, it was time to go. I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, so, but two days after my last day with Mannheim, my dad, uh, fell, had an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, and it required, uh, me to not pursue work, uh, for a season Yeah, and care, and care for my, uh, care for my parents. Uh, and it, that's turned out to be another, um, blessing like it was a very difficult experience um but also a very rewarding experience and you know at the time i never would have predicted it um yeah (laughs) or could have could have could have thought about it 
but it took a, you know, a year of just, you know, taking care um, of those needs before I could go, oh gosh, okay, I can, I think I can get back into the work workforce. Um, but then the whole process of, oh my gosh, now I'm, I'm now starting from scratch. I'm not starting as an, a known person with my, with my network, you know, mm -hmm. set up and ready to go. I'm, um, so I will say the six, the six month journey of now having to restart a career, um, while, go, while also going, um, you know, when you've experienced something with your family, you do start thinking, okay, what's really important in life? What's in, why do we work? What's, you know, all that soul searching, you know, begins. Right. Um, and then, and then just having to, you know, start over in the network world, you know, it was a, a really difficult, difficult time. But, you know, I found myself considering things I never would have considered before. And that actually how I got to Ernst <laughs> Young. That's an opportunity I would never have considered yeah. before. Uh, you know, it's, I'm now, um, in a serving em employees and, um, which is awesome. You know, I've always been a B in a B2C type fashion and this is my first foray into now serving, uh, an amazing workforce, 300 something thousand employees around the globe, but, but it is different. It's a different, um, uh, space and it's another opportunity candidly I wasn't even thinking I was just trying to warm up interviewing skills and mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, get back into it uh, these confessions on recording <laughs> oh my goodness um, but I once again I fell in love with the, the passion of these leaders and I'm like oh my gosh I've never done this before how will this work? I want to be a part of achieving their vision. And uh, so, so I took, you know, took the opportunity to help start a user experience group in their worldwide, um, their global IT shop. Well, it sounds like um, there's sort of this pattern of success that you've had where you found <laughs> strong, I mean, in addition to the three rich, but just right. you, you, uh -huh. you've, ne you've networked well. And it's provided you with opportunities that you hadn't normally even thought about and right. having kind of a, the courage to kind of jump at those opportunities to say, you know mm -hmm. what, I know nothing about that, but I'm going to give yeah. it a try. And I'm confident in my abilities to learn and to grow. Right. And having that, that strong leadership support and, and having that shared yeah. vision. So it sounds like you landed that with, with the NY as well. I did. And, and, you know, I'll be candid. I chose to step down. Uh, like, I mean, if you look at career, it's interesting when, you know, as I hire people or interview, um, or occasionally, you know, I'll get the question about uh, why, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, those types of things. Um, and, you know, I, it was the right decision for me. Yeah. Uh, to, to do that, to take on the experience. Um, yeah, to, it to, totally worth it. Totally worth it. And I, I've been, um, have a, I mean, it's definitely been a growing experience. So it's very, it was worth it. It was worth it. The title's not everything. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm 55, you know, I, mm -hmm. I don't need to run a company. 
Um, yep. I just want to have a job I like working with people that I respect and enjoy Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and feel like I'm solving a good problem for a customer. And, Completely you know, I agree. think, you know, when I was 25, I was like, oh, whatever job pays the most, I'm taking it. If I have to travel, I'm taking it. I'm doing this, whatever. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, I've, I've got three kids too are now out of school and mm -hmm. they have that enlightenment, I'll call it, that I didn't have at their age mm -hmm. where they are, okay, they're already seeing in the future and going, well, I don't want to work 80 hours a week because I want to do some volunteer work or yeah, yeah. some time to travel or I've got this other thing that I want to do or you know, I don't mind working 80 hours a week, but it's got to be you know, right. doing something I love. And, and I've got right. an offer to make 30 grand more, but I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be miserable. So I'm not going to do that. So, yep. so I think we've, <laughs> I know for me personally, I learned that late, you know, but I it's, think me, me too. Yeah. It took way too long. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, it's a really good lesson that money isn't everything. A title mm -hmm. isn't everything or an office isn't everything. If you, if you know how you're wired and you know what motivates you and inspires you and things that you mm -hmm. enjoy and you can match that up to something that you can do to, you know, obviously you have to pay your bills and, mm -hmm. you know, support your family or whatever, you know, you're responsible for. But I think there's a lot to be said that, you know, the corner office isn't the ultimate goal for everybody. Right. Yep. I Especially agree. since we're all working remote, right? <laughs> so true. So true. So, so what do you like most about your job? Because I was going to ask you, you mentioned internal customers are uh -huh. kind of different than it's consumers different. Yeah. or ad-based or, you know, some of the right. transformation uh, jobs. What, were, what are some differences that you've seen with internal mm -hmm. customers if you had to adjust to? Sure. Um, the, the challenging part... Um, is uh, it's really hmm let's see how to how to best say this it's harder to get um the investment support or the attention to the quality um uh, because you know i mean the energy is spent toward consumer facing mm -hmm. work, right? And I get it, right? That totally makes sense. Uh, but often employee, the employee experience gets the short end of the stick, you know? And unfortunately it's because, you know, you usually can't, it's, there hasn't been the investment in some of the measurement systems or the data systems to be able to prove that, you know, if we make our employee experience better, wow, actually, you know what? It's likely it will show itself. Mm -hmm. um in uh, you know the actual the, the the revenue producing part of the of the business uh so it's unfortunate that that's why there i mean there just seems to be a lot of really bad employee experiences bless them yeah um but i think it is because it, it it's harder to get the support um and in the business case support uh funding support for some of the the, the changes that need to be made to support the, those experiences. So actually, I am, I'm very honored to work for this team who I, I consider them very enlightened, you know, if I'm allowed you know, say that, mm -hmm. um, that they really are fighting. You know, they've, they've seen that connection can be made <laughs> yeah, uh, and desire to now, you know, really uh, want to remove friction and reduce barriers for their employees delight them our leaders my leaders are um 
wanting us to be able to, you know, delight our employees knowing that, you know, we believe that will, you know, help grow, grow the business. But, but it is very, very hard because you are missing a lot of those just measurement systems, data systems um, that help you make better decisions. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, when you, when I think about internal systems and my experiences, it's one of those, oh, I've got to go in and change X, Y, Z, or I got to do a training mm -hmm. class or whatever it is. And whatever they present you with is what you have to deal with. And there's yeah. not like, well, I'm just going to take my trapped, business right? elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I, it may show up in an employee survey once a year mm -hmm. or in an all hands meeting where, you, you know, kind of have that collective, Hey, we need to fix X, Y, Z. But you yeah. know, there's probably ways you can definitely leverage that. Even if it's not a customer paying yeah. you money, it's, Hey, We've got consultants around the globe that are billable at XYZ hours. And right. if they're spending two days trying to get a training class done or a certification or whatever it is they're doing, mm -hmm. um, that's less time they've got to focus on our customers that do pay us. So there's probably, you know, a different set of metrics, but still it's it's a little hard yeah. to get that that direct direct feedback probably. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's one thing that uh, again I appreciate that our leaders have acknowledged. Uh, so like I focus on common, uh, common use employee tools. So, you know, I'm not involved in any like the tax software or such. Mm -hmm. um, but in that space, there is now more choice. You know, there, there are things um, where, you know, EY, we may offer a, a specific um, technology suite, but there are competitors out there that are accessible, you know, uh, for people to use and bring in uh, into the environment um, that, you know, uh, could, could cause challenges <laughs> yeah. into the environment, right? So really, you know, but, but not wanting to be the, okay, no, thou shalt not, right? You know, yeah, you shouldn't use those experiences. Um, there are times when you have to do that, right, to protect your company. Sure. Uh, but ultimately, and I, we actually speak this language. We want to win the hearts and minds, you know, of our people. We want them to actually want to use the techno technology solutions um, that we've we've chosen to deploy. Um, and that means they need to meet their needs, meet them well, be reliable and consistent, and um, you know, extensible, and you know, all those things to help them be productive and effective. That's a great message. That's a great way to kind of sum up some of the challenges that you're working on, as well as the opportunities mm -hmm. you can to, to make things better. Yep. So um, one last one last question that I like to ask okay. all these guests is, if okay. you could go back in time, ah. what advice would you give yourself? Ooh, ha, ah, okay. Uh, this is, this is a principle that I, another thing that I feel like I learned too late in life that I wish I had been exposed to or learned earlier is, um, is having a growth mindset, which is really a, a view of life that uh, life is a series of learning moments. So I, I grew up uh, with a viewpoint of, of viewing life as win lose or pass fail, mm -hmm. you know, that, just, that heavy performance. 
And yeah, that's a hard way to live. And I will say many of us probably share, you know, share that uh, viewpoint. And it was transformational for me to learn, oh my gosh, there is a different way to look at life. <laughs> yeah. Um, that every you never actually really fail. You really have just had a learning experience. Yeah. Um, and an opportunity to grow. And I wish I had learned that earlier. I would have been uh, been happier, <laughs> happier earlier for sure. Yeah, well, that's great advice, and it's a great observation because I think having that mindset you just described frees you up from mm-hmm. not worrying about you know failure is bad and I'm yeah. judged on that or you know if if you twi- twist it around a little bit it becomes oh I've got an opportunity to learn here let's see what happens yep. Pro- you know if I don't know anything about this new job or role or industry or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to stumble a little bit, but I'm going to allow myself that grace to be able to do that and know that there's a greater message beyond just, you know, that, that new um, code branch didn't work or, you know, the design's not working like I want, or I'm not getting the feedback or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's Mm -hmm. really good advice. Yep. Cool. Laura, thank you so much for your time. This has been a lot of fun. I learned a lot and uh, hopefully the audience did too about user experience and um, your journey to get into that and, and how things are working in that field today. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. So great catching up with you. Likewise. Thank you.